You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another week full of awesome podcasts here on the Nine Finger Chronicles. Hopefully everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. I celebrated my son's very first birthday. A lot of cake, a lot of ice cream, a lot of pulled pork sandwiches, and time spent with friends and family. So it was a really busy weekend. It's one of those weekends where you get off work and it doesn't really slow down until Sunday night. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I got to go to work tomorrow. That sucks. But at least you got a podcast to listen to, and hopefully this podcast uh, shines a little light on your otherwise cloudy Monday. I myself, today, was kind of busy. Um, I do a lot of hunting on private land that I've gained access through knocking on doors. And one thing I firmly believe in is trying to repay the favor, um, not necessarily monetarily, but trying to get you know, use some of my time to help the landowner in any job that they have around the farm that they need done. Um, In the past, I've installed satellite dishes, I've fixed gates, I've installed fences. Um, Today, I pressure washed a foundation of of a guy's house who I have access to hunt on his property. And uh, not necessarily because they asked me to, but I felt it was something that... uh, that needed to be done. They've mentioned it before. And if I can help them, uh, you know, ease up some free time, that's good for me. Plus it kind of solidifies my hunting spot on their farm. So it's a win-win situation for everybody. And the cool thing is, is when I was in between squeezing the trigger on the pressure washer, the pressure washer would shut off and I could hear turkeys gobble down in the valley behind me. So I still need to get out and chase some birds. That's what that that's what that's telling me. And I checked some trail cameras too, so the trail cameras are telling me that there's turkeys there. They're gobbling, so there's turkeys there. That just means I need to get a blind out down there and uh, and uh, grab my bow and try to get out before the season's over. Hopefully, you guys have uh, had success in the turkey woods this year. I know mushrooms. If you uh, if you live in the Midwest, morel mushrooms are going to be popping up here. Oh, I'd say this week sometime if the temperature stays warm and the ground temp uh, warms up a bit. I think everybody's going to have some success if you go out and look for mushrooms. I know I'm looking forward to it. I'll be honest, there's nothing better than a you know a plate full of fried morel mushrooms and some panfish, whether it's crappie or bluegill. Man, that that to me is the epitome of spring. So today we're going to be talking with Tim Newman from Analogics, and he's going to talk about their minerals, their supplements, all their products, and what they do scientifically for the deer. We're also going to talk, talk a little bit about disease and whatnot, and we, we kind of go off on some tangents um, outside of just the, the products. But it's a pretty cool, pretty cool episode. Uh, I know you guys are going to enjoy it. But before we get into this week's episode, I sat down with Matt Klein 
from Exodus Outdoor Gear to talk about why they sell their trail cameras direct to consumer. So, you know, direct to consumer is is kind of this buzzword that's going around these days in the retail space because it's causing a lot of disruption. And a lot of your big retailers aren't going to tell you this yet, but they're worried about it, very worried about it. Because what we see is over the next five to 10 years, companies like Kuyu, Maven Optics, Exodus Outdoor Gear, um, yours truly, I see companies like that becoming the normal rather than the exception. The reason why is people are not necessarily excited about the fact that they're paying about half of every product that they buy in profit to Cabela's, Bass Pros, Dick's Sporting Goods, all the major retailers of the world. So what we do is instead of that, we build a product. We build it better because we don't have to compete with 15 other products that are on the same shelf. We build it better. Nobody's telling us how to build our products. We put them out at a better price, and you're getting a more quality product for a cheaper price, which everybody, I think, can be happy with. What we typically like to say is if our camera, the Exodus Lift, was in retail stores, it would be about $479 retail. We're able to sell it at $230 retail and offer our five-year warranty and 50% off theft you know, damage replacement policy because we're direct-to-consumer, and that's a big deal to us. If you guys would like to find out more about Exodus Trail Cameras, visit exodusoutdoorgear.com. Uh, I'm telling you right now, their cameras are pretty badass, so you guys need to go at least visit the website and uh, find out some more information about their cameras. Now, let's get into this week's podcast with Tim Newman from Analogics. All right. On the phone with me now is Tim Newman, a wildlife biologist from Analogics. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, Dan. So before we got on the, before we got on the phone, we talked a little bit about turkey hunting. How has your turkey season gone so far? So we've had some luck and we've had some downfalls. Uh, my wife shot a beautiful double-bearded turkey here in Minnesota, and then right afterwards, I tried to throw a Hail Mary in at a nice time, and it was about 60 yards with the shotgun, and that didn't work out so well, but we'll still go after him. Yeah, it's uh, turkey hunting in Iowa, especially with a bow, for me, is like six weeks, so I can hunt. I I still have a lot of time to go out and and try to get my bird, but uh, other than that, how was your 2015 hunting season? Did you get out and chase any deer? Absolutely. So I actually got a nice management buck in Nebraska. We have a 1,100-acre lease right along the Missouri River. And uh, November 21st, I shot him 130-inch mainframe. He's got some stickers around his bases and just a just a beautiful five-and-a-half-year-old, you know, solid buck. Perfect. So, Perfect. Any other states? So I did hunt in Minnesota and Ohio this year. Um, I actually delivered a half pallet of feed to a customer in Ohio and then, you know, hunted for a week. So that was a fun trip. I had, had monster deer on that property. I just didn't see any of them. It was the hot week, that first week of November. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was, it was perfect conditions three days before I got there. And then when I, when I showed up <laughs> 70 degrees every day, you know, so. I love it when I'm sitting at my cubicle at work. And, you know, the cold front is going through as I speak, as I sit there watching it out the window and then the weekend gets there and it's like 75 degrees and there's no movement. I'm like, oh, <laughs> how it always goes. Exactly. Well, mm-hmm. today we're going to talk. I mean, you're you're a wildlife biologist and uh, you, you work, you know, you work for Analogics. Why don't you uh, talk a little bit about what your role is in the company and then maybe give us uh, some history of how Analogics got started and what, like, I guess the the goal was when starting this, this company. Okay, sure. So as a biologist for Analogics, I manage our research properties. We've got, uh, first of all, my, my boss is a farmer. And he's got different acreages here in Minnesota that I help manage, you know, just planting food plots and doing habitat work and things, you know, that help increase the quality of deer, not just feed related. Um, I like to tell guys that supplemental feeding should be used as a knee brace, not as a crutch. You know, right. so it's just one part of the, the management puzzle. You shouldn't always, you know, rely on the feeding itself. So... 
I manage the properties. We've got some properties in Minnesota, and then we've got that lease in Nebraska. And we're actually looking at picking up another lease in Missouri, in northern Missouri, that I'll be helping to manage. And then uh, we also do testing of different products against competitor products, you know, and, and do comparisons and um, just show that our product is superior, you know, just using trail cameras and uh, measuring intake of certain ratios and that sort of thing. So a lot of, a lot of product testing basically, right? Yeah. A lot of product testing. And then uh, I'll also field a lot of customer questions. So people will call us up and say, what kind of feeder should I use? How much feed should I put out? You know, and I, I answer those guys as, as best as I can without knowing anything about their property, you know, or, or the amount of deer in the area. So I try and get those, um, get the, get as much information as I can before I make a decision on how best they can use our products. Right. So, so were, were you in with day one with Analogics or did you come on after kind of all the, you know, comp- uh, company planning and company start startup happened? So I, I got in before they went live with the product. Okay. But I wasn't the first guy to think of the idea. So gotcha. there's a, there's, and, and this will help with the history of the company uh, question, but there's a group of veterinarians based out of Southwest Minnesota and they cover, you know, all the way out to Montana and they go down to Missouri and, and they are also hunters and they have land in Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota. And in 2012, they got hit hard with the EHD. You, you know, I'm sure you were uh, in the areas that were heavily affected. Yep. So you know how bad that outbreak was in 2012. And they had the same thing on their properties. And they basically looked at what was out on the market and decided there really isn't anything out there that's doing much to improve the immune system of the deer so much that they can survive an EHD outbreak. So they, they got together with their group of veterinarians and had a meeting of the minds and, and came up with these products that all have that, that anti-shield TX4. That's the, the health boost that's in all of our products. And they use that and then put the, uh, the flavoring in with it. So basically they could, uh, build a feed that could increase the immune system function, which then has the benefit of growing bigger antlers because a healthier deer can grow bigger antlers. So, right now, so I, I take oh, it with, I, the, I was gonna, Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say how I came on board um, was I, I finished up grad school and had had several interviews with uh the Minnesota DNR and Wisconsin DNR and in the, in the process heard about this analogics and, and called up one of the veterinarians and, and just talked to him about, Hey, you know, I've got, got a master's degree in wildlife science. I, I did research on white tailed deer. And he said, Hey, we, we need a guy like you to help get the word out about analogics. Oh, nice. So, so you kind of, it kind yeah. of was a perfect fit. It was so perfect to timing. Yeah. I mean, absolutely perfect timing. Cool. So I take it from the name analogics, and maybe I'm reading too far into this. When we as humans get sick, we take an antibiotic, right? So in a way, is this the kind of like a preventative measure for like deer sickness? Or is this something that if a deer is sick, this will heal them? So it's it's more of a preventative measure. Uh, It's not a vaccine in the bag. You know, it's not um, not going to prevent EHD by any means. What, what it will do is reduce the losses. So you go from like a 70, 80% loss rate down to like 20, 30%. So the, the main factor on whether or not a deer that gets bitten by that midge that has the virus is going to survive is their pre disease nutritional status. You know, if they're in good shape going into that time frame, then they got a better chance of coming out of it alive. Okay. So, so in regards to, you know, this, your product and the science behind it, you mentioned something about anti-shield and you say that's, yeah. kinda, that's the main component behind analogics. Can you elaborate on yep. that, please? Yeah. So the, the anti-shield is, 
is something that, that we came up with that's different than any other feed, and that has vitamins. It has four chelated minerals, and those are copper, zinc, selenium, and manganese. And those, you know, when they're when a mineral is chelated, that means it's it's bound to a protein and that increases absorption into the body so they can actually use the mineral. You know, there's a lot of minerals out there on the market that, you know, don't use chelated minerals and the deer will ingest them and then they just go right out the back end. They're not being used as readily. So right. we've also got the, there's probiotics in there that increases intestinal function. And then we've got the essential oils. And what an essential oil does is it helps do those antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal properties, you know, so that um, it can grab the bad things that may be affecting a deer. And then the last part of it is the powerful attractant. So all of our products that have the TX4 have that powerful attractant. So it's kind of like we, we built the product around deer health, but also put the science of attraction into it. So, so is this a product that has spawned from like cattle or other, um, you know, other farm animals that let's say a farmer so would the, use on cattle or pigs? The, the idea has, yes. Yeah, so the, some of the vets, uh, in the, in the company have other nutrition companies like pro pig and pro cattle. So they've, they've got, you know, collectively 70 plus years of, nutrition experience with livestock and then they looked at the species of deer and and formulated it for them so it's not like you took a cattle feed and just changed it a little bit they made a deer feed and you know they made a a good attractant and a a great mineral all specifically for deer but you, you have to have the problem is with the science of nutrition in deer isn't as progressed as the cattle and the sheep and the stuff that we've been farming for centuries you know yeah so so then let's talk a little bit about about deer and what their needs are throughout the year and how let's maybe analogics answers or fills some of those holes so i guess as a wildlife biologist you you kind of in the research that you've done you kind of have an understanding of what maybe uh we'll use white-tailed bucks for example, or hell, maybe even uh, does when they're, you know, uh, pregnant or when they're milking or, you know, Mm -hmm. and so on. Elaborate a little bit on maybe some of the needs of white-tailed deer throughout the year. So basically the needs of white-tail copy the growing season, um, especially up here in the Midwest in like Southern Florida, it's a different story. That's a their, their growing season is weird. <laughs> but up here, we have times where deer are protein deficient in the winter and then times where they are mineral deficient in the summer. So on the back of all of our bags, we have a feeding schedule so people can see, like, when's the best time to put mineral dirt out? Well, their growing season typically is mid-March through October. So that's when mineral dirt is really going to be needed by these does that are doing the last part of gestation and then once they have the fawns doing the lactation and then those bucks are building those antlers they need the minerals more than they need the protein but on the opposite side once those lush green vegetation that's out there and all the food plots and everything kind of dries up and the farmers grains are pretty much eaten up that january to march time frame that's what supplement really is important because that's that their low point of the year um in protein naturally speaking Okay. So, so from nature, let's say analogic never existed. From nature, it are a, is a white-tailed deer able to get what it needs throughout? I mean, obviously they're surviving, so in a way, yes. Yep. But is there a way naturally to get all the minerals and protein that they need throughout the year? There is, uh, absolutely. But the problem is we don't have the, – the word natural is – it's getting fewer and fewer. You know, you think, um, wh- where is an area that, that is, doesn't have much human footprint in it? And there's, there's only a few that I can think of. And, and those are still, you know, national parks where people can walk, you know? So right. I'm, what I'm talking about is we, we've altered the landscape of the whitetail from its evolutionary upbringing by farming, by putting roads and parking lots. And the deer are still here. They just don't have the same natural 
ability to get what they need as they did when before humans came, you know? Right. So, so, so are but, you saying that they, in a way, rely on humans now for those egg fields, for those, um, uh, our actual footprint to, to live, I guess, live a healthier life or exist? So what, what I was talking about was to thrive. If, if all of a sudden, well, it's kind of like that show, Life After People. You know, yeah, if I've all of a sudden there were no people and uh, what would happen is nature would find a way to replenish those forbs and things that are out in the farm field. You know, we knock back su- succession every year by plowing the field. You you let a, a field go barren for 10 years. All of a sudden it looks like, a, you know, a nice CRP field. So. Okay. They they would find a way to survive, but they wouldn't. It would take a long time. I'm talking like evolutionary time for it to be no footprint left of humans, and then all of a sudden we've got all the natural elements back out there so that they could thrive like they used to. Okay. So that's that's my opinion, basically. <laughs> yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So for me, and I'll tell you how I use min- minerals currently and how I've used them in the past. And basically for me, I, I wouldn't put them out until maybe June or, uh, even later than that in some instances until recently I've started, you know, I have trail cameras out right now, but the whole, or uh, minerals out right now, but the mm-hmm. whole point for me was to get deer in front of my trail cameras. And I've used anything from, you know, the cheapest mineral that you can buy to something with a fancy bag that says it's going to help you know, help my herd health. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So my, for me, my goal is to get, get deer in front of my trail camera so I can take an inventory before the, before the season starts. Now, yep. can your product work if it's only out there for three or four months out of the year? Yes, there even if you can only afford to do it a little bit, that's better than nothing. Okay. So the the thing about mineral uptake and, and nutrition is there is a lag that's involved. So even though they, they might stop, you know, getting the product in September, they'll still have some benefits that carry on. They'll have better benefits if they are continued that supplementation, but they will still it's not like if you just stop the mineral use, it won't be there in their system the next day. You know, that they, the liver has the ability to retain minerals, and that's actually what we use to uh, to sample. You know, we, we harvest deer that we know are supplemented with our mineral, and then we send that liver sample to Iowa State, and they do uh, mineral profile analysis on it. So we can tell we're deficient in and, and that sort of thing, so... Okay. And how, I guess how many years of like scientific research went into the, this product, your product line? So it's hard, it's hard to put a number on it because there's so much that has been done before the analogic company existed. Like you can, you can use knowledge of people that chelated minerals for livestock back in the sixties that applies to what we put into our products. But the, the hardcore, our testing began right in 2012 when that EHD outbreak hit. So, okay. That's, that's when we started doing the liver samples locally and seeing what they were deficient in and trying to boost that immune system function. Right. So let's say a listener of this podcast is, you know, they, they're thinking about, and they go, you know what? I'm sold on analogics. I'm going to buy a year supply. I'm going to follow their routine to a T and uh, I guess before I get into that question, what what do you recommend to, let's say, a property owner who wants to not only have better herd health, but bigger bucks on their property? What schedule using your product should they follow? So basically, whenever you can get supplement 365 to the deer that works for your budget, that's, that's the product that will carry them even if you didn't put out any minerals or anything like that, supplement 365 is, is a year-round deer feed. 
Now, obviously, you're not going to have as much consumption in the first part of the spring because, like I said, they have other options for protein. But that would be the mainstay of any good solid management plan is giving them an option for supplement 365 and then putting roughly uh, one mineral site per 80 acres is, is a good average so that they can, they can stop at a mineral site, get the minerals that they need, and then carry on with their day. And then how we use bragging rights, uh, for me, it's basically just a trail camera survey product in August and September you know, before the hunting season, just, it's got a little bit more of a hit you in the face flavor, you know, like a boost that is more of an attractant. It still has the benefits of the feed, but it's more of a, you know, smaller bag you can carry it out and get, get into those areas that you don't want to carry a 20 or 50 pound bag of feed to get a trail camera survey done. You can do it six pounds and the bragging rights does a great job at that. So, So it's a little bit more concentrated is what you're saying. Yep. Okay. So the next question, so so the supplement 365 is an all-year-round supplement that someone would use throughout the entire year to help benefit their herd health and, you know, and that herd health translates into uh, a white-tailed buck being in better health going into the antler growing season where a majority so so more of the actual nutrition goes into antler development as well as opposed to maybe recovering from a, a harsh winter. Right. Yep. So the the de- determining factor of how big that deer's antlers are going to be that year starts, you know, before the antler growing season that that previous winter and even even before that. Um, there's some studies that show it's uh, related to when that fawn, that buck fawn was born relative to his cohort or other fawns that are born that season, you know, it might be a late born fawn. He could be behind and it's kind of like you fall behind, you're left behind type deal. Yeah. So getting them, getting them the nutrition um, can give them the chance to put the best set of antlers on that they possibly can. Okay. So, okay. So now we've, We've done what you guys have said. We've we've run the you know the 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 mineral and uh, we've done the trail camera surveys and stuff like that. But how do I actually know that Analogic is improving my health and I am seeing bigger bucks, not just from nature, you know, taking its course? Because typically, uh, a two-year-old is going to have a bigger rack than the previous year. A three-year-old is going to have right. a bigger rack than the previous year. How do I know that your supplement and, and your products is working for me? So the, the best way is to get a set of male fawns that are identical twins and raise them separately and follow them throughout their life and supplement one with analogics and don't supplement the other one and find the results. But that isn't possible <laughs> so yeah that would that would be cool we, if, I, talk- if i had big enough property to actually do that right <laughs> because the confounding factors of having a study where where you just try and feed one and not feed the other one you can't do it in a fence because in a fenced situation the other deer is still going to be eating something you know right um whether it be you, you can't have deer in a small enough fence for for the scientific protocol to work without supplementally feeding them, whether it be another product or or whatnot. So there's the the problem is there's a genetic covariate that the only way you can separate that out is to have identical twins. They have the exact same genetics, and that way you, they have the same age, same genetics. The only thing you alter is nutrition. So we haven't found a good way to do that yet. Uh, One way that a guy could get some results back is to send in tissue samples to, say, Iowa State University, um, much like you do a soil sample. You you send them a liver, and, you know, they will give you a micro profile, a micro mineral profile of that animal. And you can do that for years that you didn't supplement with analogics and then do it 
after when you did supplement and see if things improved. Okay. So, and, and you, but it's hard, it's hard because you can't do it on the same animal because you can only kill one animal once. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, but I guess the so, point that I'm trying to, to make here is, you know, for, for mineral and for supplement in a way, you know, we can look at the research, we can look at the, you know, putting it out. We, you know, we may not be able to see the direct results and, inst you know, instead of having to um, send a tissue sample in and say, okay, here's a tissue sample before I started using this from a deer. And now here's a tissue sample when I did, um, when I did harvest a deer after using, you know, your guys's products for a while. Mm -hmm. it, they're, they're, to me, it sounds like a little bit like a, Hey, just trust us. We know what we're doing type of thing. And I think there's a, there's a little bit of a stigma when it comes to mineral in, in the uh, industry, because there is a lot of, Hey, this is flavored salt out there. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So how, I guess, how are you, how would you convince a guy to say our, our product is completely different and it does work. So, I like to look at what happened on Mark Dury's farm in Southern Iowa this year. He's been managing that farm pretty well over the last 25 years. And he's been using analogics for three years now. This is the third year that he's used analogic products. He shot the biggest buck of his life this year. That was a this 211, we'll call it. It had, it had a broken time, but, you know, inches of antler it still had on it was 211 and that's his two, his first 200 inch deer and he's been managing that farm roughly the same for the last 25 years so he had a pretty good idea of what he was capable of and then he added analogics to the mix and then just took it to the next level you know yeah so okay so is there an is there a specific amount that needs to be put out at these because you you recommended um, maybe a mineral station every 80 acres. And that, that seems to be sufficient, but is there yep. a specific amount of mineral, like how much it gets absorbed into the, and correct me if I'm wrong, they don't actually eat the mineral. They eat the dirt. Is that correct? Right. But I've heard before right. so they actually eat the dirt yep. that the mineral is absorbed into. So how much does a guy need to put out, let's say at a, on a monthly basis? So one 10 pound bag per month is what we recommend. And that is variable depending on the soil type. So if you got those super sandy soils that leach minerals very quickly, you might have to do it every three weeks. But if you've got those clay, you know, heavy soils that real sticky, the mineral isn't going to leach down when it rains. Right. Then you can wait every month and a half. Okay. So a lot of it just depends on the soil, soil type. Right. And then also the amount of deer that are using that mineral site okay they they may use it up within three weeks and you got to put another bag out or you know it might take longer okay so you know in certain states in in iowa i can i can have mineral stations but i cannot hunt over top of them i cannot hunt on a trail that and and a lot of this is dnr officer discretion so even though I right. could be 500 yards away from the actual mineral station, if they wanted to, they could say, okay, well, this trail leads to this trail, which leads to this uh, mineral station. How many, right. how many states are your products legal in? Are there any states where, you know, hey, this is a no-go? You know, just off the top of my head, I know that uh, Illinois, you can't use any of our products, and New York you're not supposed to use any of our products. Uh, the funny part is we are still allowed to sell to those states, you know, online or through our retailers. And some of our biggest customer bases are in New York and Illinois. So you think they're taking it up to Northern Wisconsin? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the power um, of commerce. <laughs> yes. So these, these state agencies that ban mineral use because they're afraid of disease concerns i think they're they're out of line because the the risk of spreading cwd is in my mind not as important as supplementing their mineral intake 
you know, there's, there's some things out there that show that CWD could be related to a copper deficiency. Wouldn't that be a, a simple fix if we could just give them minerals that they are lacking and then they wouldn't, they wouldn't have that prion change shape and then end up with CWD. I mean, it's, it's still in the, in the works as far as the scientific community is concerned, but I, I hope that we're not doing a disservice to the deer by cutting off a way to get them nutrition that could otherwise help. Right. You know? So you're, you're under the assumption and obviously this hasn't been uh, proven through science yet, but there is a, there is a possibility that um, certain deer are copper deficient which allows the prion from CWD to um, change shape or, or whatever, and ultimately killing killing the deer. Correct. Right. Okay. Well, I think what the what the, the problem is is we're finding that CWD positive deer are copper deficient, but we can't tease out if it's a copper deficiency caused by being CWD positive or if it happened before they were CWD positive. So the mm-hmm. The, the testing is not to a point where we can tease out that difference. So there's definitely something going on with copper though. So at, with, with that said, um, obviously, and correct me if I'm wrong, CWD is spread through contact, correct? So there is a genetic component to CWD that we don't understand yet. So there has been, research showing that it can be can be spread through contact but there was also i mean this just popped up last week there was a a reindeer in norway and there's never been cwd on the continent of europe and there's never been cwd in a reindeer and all of a sudden it pops up randomly in norway when they were doing a helicopter survey they noticed one animal was lagging behind and they captured it figured out it was cwd positive like how does that how does that animal get CWD if there's no contact right. through an, a positive individual? I think there's more genetic um, components that we don't realize. Do you feel as a wildlife biologist that this is kind of nature's way of thinning out poor genetics? It's it's hard to say what poor genetics are, but there's definitely. Uh, natural selection that will occur it's hard to see in our lifetime because you know cwd has only been around for 40 years so eventually what will happen is the deer that have some resistance to cwd however they do it genetic or just being away from the deer that have it eventually it will be taken care of as far as natural selection goes so there to me, it's it's not something I worry about as a deer manager. I don't think about well, I I shouldn't put anything out because I'm I'm worried about that CWD. You know, it's like you're thinking about it wrong if that's if that's what you're if that's preventing you from using any of our products. Okay, so the goal is so, that you know through through uh, supplemental feeding that your herd health would increase and you'd have a stronger herd health. And that would prevent disease such as EHD and possibly CWD. Right. Not, not prevent, just lower the effects. Lower the effects. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. Well, take, take, take for instance, uh, Southern Wisconsin, just for an example. Um, they have not been allowed to feed or use mineral for 10 years now. Um, and just this last year, they had the highest prevalence rate of CWD that they've ever had. I mean, it, if you're a buck in southern Wisconsin, over four years old, you got a 25% chance of having CWD. And to me, that's that's getting out of hand. I, I think they need to do something. But those state agencies, they can't work really fast on things like that. So, Right. So as a wildlife biologist, and let's say you were in charge, you know, obviously there's a lot of scientific research that would probably need to be done. But let's say you were in charge right now. What do you think your opinion would be on what government agencies should do and maybe what landowners or hunters in general should do? So I like the 200-yard 
away from a mineral site rule because I think the problem with these state agencies is they confuse supplementation with baiting. Okay. And those are two totally different things. And I like being able to use supplement and hunting over it is not, not important to me. I, I just want to have a healthy deer. So I like the, like what Nebraska has, you can use all of the products whenever you want, however much you want. There's no minimum maximum. Just don't hunt within 200 yards of wherever you have a feed station, mineral site, that sort of thing. That's, yeah. that's what I would like to see more places. Makes sense. Makes sense. I, when you said that, I got a guy, this, a guy I ran into once who, if he got busted by the DNR, he would say, Hey man, I was just supplementing my deer herd <laughs> with a, you know, with 10 yards from the tree base of the tree. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but so back to the biology again, and I want to talk specifically about big, big racks because as uh you know obviously we all want you know awesome herd health but if i mm -hmm. somehow found the money and i bought 500 acres of primo ground and i did all the you know i did all the the land upkeep you know hinge cut and make the make the area attractive to more deer and i was able mm -hmm. to select harvest whatever deer i wanted to i would want the biggest bucks possible can you, t can you tell us in detail how your guys' products results in antler growth? Yeah, so just like we talked about before, when they are in that winter time frame and they are at the low point of natural available nutrition, that's where our products, I, I think, is, is the best time to get the benefits out of them because they don't have access to anything in nature from January to March in the Midwest that will really give them that optimum premium antler growth so that when that spring time frame hits, they can hit the ground running in terms of antler growth. So having, having supplement available to the herd in that low point of the year, that, that's where you're going to see inches of antler increased you know, and actually have the product work for you. Okay. From a, so from a, I guess a biology perspective, can you tell us any details from as far as science is concerned that is it, is it calcium intake that creates bigger antlers? Is it protein that creates bigger antlers? Is there, is there a specific molecule or um, element that creates bigger antlers? So a lot of guys talk about calcium and phosphorus because when you take an antler and grind it up and look at the components of that antler, there's a lot of calcium, there's a lot of phosphorus. But through our tissue analysis of, of harvested deer, we didn't find a lot of calcium and phosphorus deficiencies. So they can get access to enough of that out in the, you know, whatever they're getting their nutrition from naturally whether it be farm fields here in the Midwest or, you know, forbs in the big woods, that sort of thing. But uh, what they were lacking in was the micros, the zinc, copper, selenium, manganese, things that we concentrated on with our TX4 package. So that's, that's where our product comes in handy because it'll fill that void. And whatever, whatever's the lowest hole in the bucket, you want to fill it so that you've got all of that animals resources devoted to antler growth you know they got to take care of everything else first before they get that secondary sexual characteristics called antlers you know right so so all about all about filling the filling the gaps so i had a a guy tell me once and he he farms deer and i don't know how accurate this is and i'll, I'll maybe verify it with you but the skeletal system on a mature buck or on a buck stops growing at I think the end of his fourth year, and so instead of actually growing bone, uh, the nutrition goes into I guess maintaining bone density, and then there's a that's when you can see the biggest jump in antler size. Let's say natural without any type of um, supplemental feeding. 
from the fourth year to the fifth year is when you can possibly see the biggest jump in antler size because the skeletal system is not, you know, growing anymore. The deer is done right. growing. Is there is there any truth to that or science behind that? Yeah, absolutely. So, actually, one of uh, well, my my advisor at Auburn, where I got my master's, he did a big study in Oklahoma, captured a bunch of adult bucks, and it was in a population that had a a lot of older bucks. It was a uh, like an army ammunition plant or something like that. So there wasn't a lot of hunting. They only allowed recurve hunting on this like. 100,000 acres. So there's a bunch of old bucks. So they got really good measurements of skeletal growth throughout life. And I, I would agree with that right around the, from four and a half to five and a half. That's, that's where you see the plateau where they stop adding inches to their actual skeleton. And then from there, it's, it's going to more antler growth. So, but you also have bigger bodies then too. That's why you see those six, seven and a half year old bucks that are just massive. They look like a mule. That's because their skeleton's done growing, and they they put that into other tissue growth. Meat, basically. Yep. Bad. Yep. Okay. So, is that because the bone is made primarily out of calcium? Uh, is that is, first off? Is that correct? I'm no biologist. Yes. Okay. Calcium. So then. I don't have the the, the numbers on me right now, but right. Yes. Okay. Uh, not looking. For, I need you to tell me the exact percentage of calcium <laughs> right now. No. <laughs> the, uh, so that calcium then, is that then transferred to the antlers somehow, or is it just, is there kind of like a switch? So they, they will take the, some reserves from their skeletal system to grow those antlers. So they literally steal from their bones to grow more bone, you know? So the idea for giving them the supplementation is that they can quickly replenish what they've lost throughout their own skeleton and then be better off for the next year's antler growth. Okay. You know, so. So if I start, if I start supplementing right now, would, would even though, because I've gotten trail camera pictures already of bucks with little nubs, all right. So mm -hmm. we've just started growing the growing season. And if I started supplementing right now, following your eyes instructions, do you, do you think I would see results as far as antler growth by the end of the growing season in August? I think if you got it out today, you could see some results. Okay. What would, yep. the, what would the shortest period of time be? I mean, if let's say their, their bases are grown, you're already going to start seeing points and let's say it's, it's uh, mid to the end of June and it's not fully grown yet, but do you feel yep. that your guys' products would help add a couple inches on each point? I mean, guys out there are really yeah. serious about it. So yeah, you, you feel that, that uh, even a short if amount anything, of time could potentially give them, give them that little bump of, of whatever they're lacking right before, you know, cause by the time that gets into their system and everything, you're talking August, September, but what, what that'll do is help get them fully in shape for the rut, which is like a, a month long marathon where they don't eat much, Right. <laughs> you know? So okay. there's never a bad time to add supplement to their available nutrition. So, and, and don't think, you know, well, it's, it's going to take forever for this product to work. You know, I shouldn't even use it that you're just, you're always behind if you're going to think like that. Right. Okay. So, so a guy walks into, you know, a lot of us have budget hunting budgets we have to work with. You know, there are guys out there who, um, hunt public ground, which I, I, I you probably can't even use this product on public ground. And I know in Iowa, you can't. Um, but mm -hmm. let, let's say on a farm that I, for me personally, I don't own any property, but I have the ability to, to, I have access to private ground. I do hunt a little yep. bit. Of I'm in the same boat. Yep. yep. So I have a budget that I have to, I'm concerned with every year for, you know, I need, do I need arrows? Do I need a trail camera? Do I need new camo or boots or, you know, mm -hmm. broadheads, all that stuff. Why, why is it important? for a hunter to consider spending, let's say that hundred dollars on, you know, you said, you said 10 pounds a month 
for on average 10 pounds a month of the supplement 365 for 80 acres. No, nope, that's of the mineral dirt. Of the mineral dirt. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So of the mineral dirt or, you know, that's roughly a hundred 120 bucks or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of your other products, supplemental feeding throughout the entire, th- throughout the entire season. Why should someone consider picking up some, some of your guys' analogic products as opposed to maybe, you know, maybe I don't need new arrows or maybe I don't need a new bow this year. Why should someone be, con- you know, consider your guys' products? Right. So, when you when you've got the land that you can hunt and, and you know got all the essentials, then you then you've got that budget that like what you're talking about. If if you don't need new arrows and you've got everything taken care of, this is the next step. This is this takes you from kind of that that public land, you know, can't really do much. This is this is helping to improve that gear herd so that you can have the health, the bigger antlers, you know, the benefits of our product. This is taking you to another level. You know, this is, I, I, I don't know if I can say this, but I like to call it like the reconics of seed and minerals. <laughs> yeah. So makes sense. It, it's, it's, the, it's the premium, you know, you want to, you want to get the absolute best for your deer. So if you want premium antler growth, give them premium nutrition. Right. So, so that almost leads to the next type of, uh, next question, which would be, I mean, you mentioned a premium product. This means for guys who are really serious about hunting, you know, and maybe own their own properties is, is who is, who is your customer? So we, we have several different customers. We've got, you know, the, the guys that walk through, Cabela's and Bass Pro and are just looking for um, something to get good trail cam pictures. You know, they just want to, it doesn't matter to them as much what kind, but then we've got the serious land managers, you know, like the, the whitetail properties type guys. Those are, those are probably our biggest consumer. You know, the guys that have big land holdings and can put resources into a nutrition program that makes sense. Perfect. Okay. So nice, nice, nice. So, and then another question is, okay, there's guys out there who may only want to put your product in front of a trail camera for four months. You know, you're not going to cut those guys out. Um, why should someone then choose, you know, okay, you got your products and I'll I'll just say it lucky buck, pretty much all salt and and flavoring a bucket of lucky bucks, 20 bucks. Why should, why should, someone say, well, that's just salt or why would, why would you convince them to not go with a, a, a strictly salt product and maybe go a little bit more towards a product that could benefit the health of your herd and potentially even grow bigger antlers on the deer that you're, you're chasing. Right. So the thing about those salt products and salt in general, it makes deer thirsty and in that late summer time frame, you get a thirsty deer and he goes to that pond, that stagnant pond where the EHD midge is hanging out. You know, you're just exacerbating the problem, especially during a drought year, like what we had in 2012, fewer water sources, more places that deer congregate naturally because there's not as much water across the landscape. So for those guys, I'd say, you know, if you want to see less EHD in an area, quit putting so much salt out there. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I tell you what, um, for anybody yet who may not be sold on analogics or, uh, what final, some final words, what would you like to say to uh, people to maybe, uh, convince them to try your products out? So, you know, just maybe do a comparison, just put, uh, put a bag of whatever you feel like putting up against our products on a trail camera and, and put ours next to it. You know, we, we have the same attraction as a lot of products out there, but what we have that's so much better is the nutrition. There's a difference between attraction and nutrition and we got both, you know? So I think, I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't just at least try a bag of mineral dirt, you know, put it out against whatever mineral you're using now and 
and see what you see on the camera. Let the let the camera make the decision then, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Well, uh, you may. Yeah, I can't even talk right now. I'm, I'm thinking about where I need to like where I need to buy it, so I you know where I need to put my trail cameras out at, and, and maybe do a little yeah, bit of absolutely. A com- comparison myself. But I've got a little list here. I can I can just quickly go over what uh, retailers we're at currently. Yeah, for sure. Go for it. So we're we're in Cabela's, Bass Pro, uh, Field and Stream, which is uh, a affiliate of Dick's Sporting Goods. We're in Rural King. Shields, Runnings, uh, True Value, Southern States Cooperative, Midway USA, Sportsman's Guide, Farmstead Archery, and Woodbury Outfitters. Uh, those those are the main ones. And then we've got a bunch of archery shops, too many to name. But if you are looking for analogics, we're expanding our dealer network as we speak. You know, we're getting picking up new dealers every day. So talk to your local archery shop. Tell them, hey, these guys got a product that works. We want to buy it you know can we get it through you right so makes sense and then if if uh people want to find more information about the science behind it or maybe something that we didn't cover today where would where do you want us to send them yeah uh check out analogics.com we've got all of our different products we've got videos on how to use each each one and uh there's qr codes at the retailers. So if you, if you come past one of the displays that, you know, you got that smartphone, you can snap the QR code and that brings you to the video of our website and shows the different products and how they're used and everything you need to know. So. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, good luck this upcoming season. Hey, you too, Dan, we'll keep in touch. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the information that was in this podcast. I know I I got a lot out of it. Um, I just love listening about deer biology, how they grow, how they age, how their bone structure, how they grow their antlers, all that stuff. The more you know about your prey, I feel the better you can understand them, which allows you to hunt them I don't want to say easier, but more efficient maybe. So uh, a really, really good podcast full of information there. Now, Tim and the rest of the people from Analogic have decided to take part in this week's podcast giveaway, and they are going to be giving away one Power of Science bundle to the winner of this week's podcast giveaway. And uh, here's how to win. Like always, all you have to do is go to the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page, Share the post that mentions this podcast and uh, then go over to the Analogics Facebook page. Say, Nine Fingers sent me. Comment, Nine Fingers sent me. And uh, yeah, you'll be able to be entered into this week's uh, podcast giveaway. And that means that uh, next week your name could be drawn to receive the Power of Science bundle. Big thing. Big, big, big shout out to you guys, the listeners, for uh, tuning in every week and making this uh, this podcast more and more popular. I want to send a big shout out to Exodus Trail Cameras for uh, you know participating in this uh, podcast as well. And then I want to thank my wife for <laughs> allowing me to come down the basement and spend uh, a lot of time down here for damn near no money. So, I, but I absolutely love doing it. If I wasn't doing a podcast, I'd probably be calling the companies up or calling people up, Facebook chatting and just being like, hey, man, tell me a story. <laughs> then I would then I would officially be creepy. So uh, one thing before we go that I want to say to you guys is as hunters, we take away from Mother Nature with every harvest. Not only do we take away you know, antlers and meat and our kill, but we, we get enjoyment, enjoyment out of her presence basically. So I really want you guys to ask yourself a question and that is, do you think that you give enough back to mother nature or conservation? And I'm going to get more into that in the coming weeks, but do you feel that your tags that you buy and your license 
means you're a conservationist because you put that some of that money goes to or do you feel that you need to give extra whether in in time or money to conservation just some things to think about but again thank you guys for tuning in thanks for listening thanks to exodus trail camera thanks to tim newman from analogics uh make sure you guys uh Share this podcast to uh, be entered in it. Visit uh, Analogic's Facebook page and uh, comment Nine Fingers sent me. I know I'm rambling on, but remember, when you're in a tree, wear your damn safety harness.